Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Billy Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! Hey, D! You can see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Hello and welcome to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke, sitting across from Doug West. How's it going today, Doug? It's going well. Um, you know, it's playoff time, regular season's over, so it's uh, time to see where we're going to go. For sure. And Doug and I were talking a little bit texting before we sat down to record. We're not going to talk much about Tuesday's game against the Clippers, mostly because due to scheduling things, especially on my end, being busy the last couple of days, didn't have time to record much preview for the Clippers game, which is fine. A bunch of other people have recorded a ton about it. Um, so we're not going to do much on that. We'll maybe hit a couple notes, but most of you listening probably are hearing this after the game anyways, because we're recording at like 4 p.m. Central time um, <laughs> on the day of the game. So we're not going to talk too much about that. But even if we could talk a little bit for a couple minutes about it, Doug, I just want like a quick one minute. What are you looking for tonight? What are you looking forward to? And who are you picking to win this Clippers game? That way, when people listen, they can see if you were right or wrong and if I was right or wrong. Yeah, well, it's, I think it's going to be a very, uh, very uh, challenging game. Um, you know, it's really interesting that the, the T-Wolves played the Clippers three times in November. Um, you know, they're, they played four times this year, you know, th- they're uh, one and three versus them. Their lone win came in their game in January, which was two months ago. Um, and, and since then, you know, the Clippers have added Norman Powell. Um, they've ab- added Robert Covington, um, some, you know, very good shooters, uh, very good players, uh, veteran-led team. And I'm not even sure. Well, actually, I guess in November, um, Marcus, uh, it's Marcus or McKeith, one of the Morris bro- Marcus. brothers. I'm I'm sure he played then. He wasn't knocked out yet. So I think he played. I think he might have only played one time against the Wolves this year. I got you. Got you. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's also a a team that Cat only has played one time against. Um, So it's 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 you know, it's a very interesting game. I mean, the Clippers are a totally different team. Uh, The the Wolves are a totally different team. Um, So I expect a a tight nose battle. I'm sure Patrick Beverly is going to have a lot to do with it. And I'm really, um, you know, I'm really picking. I really want the Wolves to win this game. I want them to win this game tonight and get that seventh seed. For sure. Yeah, I, I like you said, I mirror everything you just said there. Um, it's going to be a tough one. They have a lot of size, like bigger wings to throw at Cat. With, and then Zubak can just kind of, you know, roam around the paint to try and double off stuff. Um, so that's going to be that's been the way to stop cat this year. So I'm just interested to see in one game, how well cat can handle that. Um, I, I, I mean, like, like you, I really want the Timberwolves to win, but if there's a gun to my head and I have to pick, I don't think I can say that I would pick the Timberwolves to win this game, which sucks. And hopefully by the time people listen to this on Wednesday morning, I'm wrong, but I guess that's just how I'm feeling at this specific time. Well, I totally understand that. I mean, you know, as I look at the teams and I think of, you know, the the experience that the Clippers have, you know, as far as coaching, um, as far as the players that have been there, um, it, it does seem like um, a game that the Clippers uh, would win. Um, but I'm just hoping that, you know, we talked about it, that home court advantage. We're just hoping that this playoff atmosphere today can just give give the Wolves players that little burst or that little push they'll need at the end of the game. I think it's going to come down to the last five minutes of the game and, and who's able to make plays. For sure. It definitely will. Well, Doug and I are going to, for the, the bulk of this episode, talk about our award picks. We're not going to go too long today. Um, but before we do that, we do have to get in a quick word um, from a sponsor, and then we'll be right back to start that up. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline has continued to be your source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas 
casino, and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. It's where the game starts. All right, so we are back. Doug and I are talking about, well, last time we talked, we did our All-NBA teams, went through that. Obviously, I left off Kevin Durant and LeBron James for my teams, which was <laughs> my hot button topic. But um, today we're going to talk more about the individualized awards. Um, that's MVP, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth Man, Most Improved, Coach of the Year. Um, so I guess my question for you, Doug, is do you want to start with the least prestigious awards and make our yeah, way up to let's, the MVP? Let's, let's work our way up. Let's okay. work our way up to, you know, to the peak here. Let's get to the mountaintop. So then... In my opinion, the one that people probably care the less about, the least about, <laughs> unless you're a sicko, like some people, like me, maybe even, is coach of the year. Um, <laughs> and I guess I'll start off first. I don't know how you did this. We kind of just said, get your picks or whatever. I have like right. my top, at least my top three for most of these awards um, okay. written down. And if you see me looking down, I got it. Oh, I got my phone. I got it on my phone. Um, <laughs> so if you see me looking down, I got them written down here. So I'll just go coach of the coach of the year. My third guy I had was Spolstra. I had Taylor Jenkins as my second, and then I had Monty Williams as my as my first pick. And I guess I can just give a synopsis. Monty Williams should have won last year over Tom Thibodeau, in my opinion. And I think that it was a crime <laughs> that he didn't. And there's been some really impressive coaches this year. I would love for Taylor Jenkins to get this award. But Monty Williams cannot go these past two seasons without having an award. He can't, they, he can't go these years, be the number one team in the league twice in a row and not win the coach of the year. So I have to give it to him this year. If he would have won it last year, maybe my mind would be changed. And I would have looked at other guys. And maybe that's a bad way to look at this, but he deserves one. So that's who I went with this time. All right. Well, I did this, you know, similar thing there. Um, I went with two people in some of these, um, you know, so. Um, my coach of the year, Taylor Jenkins, was number two, and uh, Monty Williams was number one. And I totally agree with you. Um, I thought Monty should have won last year. Um, I think Monty has done an outstanding job, um, you know, bouncing back from a finals loss, and his team had the best record in the NBA. Um, just been a great leader, great motivator of that, of that team. And um, I totally agree with you. He should, he should be coach of the year. Yeah. And I had a couple other honorable mentions. I just wanted to give a shout out to Ime Udoka for the Celtics, who's done a fantastic yes. job turning that team around after their early struggles. Totally agree with that. And then got to give a shout out to Chris Finch, who just got a four-year contract extension with the Timberwolves. Um, Cause he's done a fantastic <laughs> job with the Timberwolves since he's got here too. So I just want to give some love, but those guys, I think between Monty and Taylor Jenkins, they have the strongest cases. And then those other three names I mentioned deserve some yeah. respect, but like, there's a lot of great coaches in the league, but those, I mean, I think Monty Williams and Taylor Jenkins are just, I've done a fantastic job this season. Yeah. I think they've been uh, not head and shoulders, but they've been above the rest and, yeah. you know, shout out to coach Finch, you know, getting that paper. Yeah, for sure. And I, and as fans, <laughs> I think the fans should be happy that he got that extension too, because he's, I mean, one of the better coaches the Timberwolves have had ever and for sure in a long time. And it'd be good to have some consistency on that you know, on the bench because they really haven't had that for years. Yeah. One of, one of the things that I, you know, with coach Finch coming in, um, I, if I'm not mistaken, the, the wolves are, they led the league in scoring this year. They um, scored the most points this year. Yeah, scored the most, the most yeah, scored yep, the yep, most yep. points per game this year. Um, you know, three point attempts up shooting percentage up. I think they um, led the league in three point makes also three point. If I makes. remember correctly. No, yeah. you're, you're correct. Um, and corner threes, especially. Um, yeah. And that's funny because when we were in Houston, the thing was always about corner threes. And uh, yeah. you know, they said it's the easiest, the highest percentage shot on the court. And uh, the Wolves have done a very good job with it. Yeah. And I think Chris Finch has obviously deserved a lot of credit for all of those things because of oh, the, yes. set, the sets yes. and everything that he's installing. Um, I guess this is up to you if you want to go between most improved players, six man of the years, which one you want to go next. I kind of think of them kind of in the same tier of like prestige. So you can pick which one we're doing and then give me. Give me your pick for that one. All right. Well, let's go with the most improved player. Um, 
You know, I, I, I came down to four guys um, with the most improved player, um, you know, uh, Jordan Poole, um, Desmond Bain, um, and Darius Garland. Uh, and, you know, back and forth, um, you know, thinking, um, looking through some stats and stuff. I, I did do that this time. I, I got my, my, my stats down. And I, I'm going to go with Darius Garland this year. This year, I think Darius Garland, um, he came into the season, wasn't expected um, to have everything thrown on him. And once he got thrown into the port, the point guard and the shooting guard role, he pretty much does them both. I think he led the team in scoring, led the team in assist, and he was an all-star, um, you know, first year all-star. I don't think many people really looked at the Cleveland Cavaliers as a team that was going to be in the playoffs, really. I mean, when you really think about it and uh, they just had a, they've had a, a wonderful season. Um, you know, even right there, uh, JB Bickerstaff could have been in that conversation right. for yeah. coach of the year as well. Um, so another uh, very good job um, done by him. And um, I'm going to go with Garland. So you named three guys, you said Bain, Poole, Garland. I, named, I think I named four. Oh, Who Bridges would have been the fourth. Oh, Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges, Miles Bridges okay. would have been the fourth. Yes. Okay. So I only wrote down three names. Um, I had, so in third, if I would were to rank three, DeJounte Murray would have been my third guy. Um, okay. I think he's done a fantastic job. Obviously his team has not been very good this year. Um, right. but I think what he's done for San Antonio has been fantastic. Uh, Darius Garland came in at second on my ballot. Like you said, he thought he'd have a running mate in Colin Sexton and Colin Sexton only got to play 11 games. Um, so Garland led the team in scoring, like you said, also one of the best passers in the entire league and yes. first time all-star just did, did great. Nobody really expected him to be an all-star. So I had to give him some love. Another person I've seen a lot of people talk about is John Morant. Um, but I just think when you're no. already at that all-star <laughs> level, no, no, no. Yes. But he did improve a lot, but I think there's a point where you kind of get disqualified from this award. Like once you're at that right. level, right. Like you're going to get better, but I don't, I don't want, this is an award for guys who are kind of struggling or not maybe struggling, but like a mid tier player in the league that jumps up to another status. So I didn't want to consider John Morant. Um, so my guy actually was Jordan Poole, another player you okay. mentioned. I think Jordan Poole had a fantastic season. He had to fill in a lot for, I mean, he had to fill in when Steph was out. He had to fill in when Clay <laughs> Thompson was out. So he's played. He's played really, really well for that Golden State team who has been, you know, one of the better teams in the league this season. He's averaging 18 and a half points per game and shooting the ball really well, taking tough shots. And um, I think from what we saw from him last year to this year, he made a huge jump. So he's my guy. I Like I said, you had Garland first. I had him second. So between those two were the ones I really considered to be like the front runners for that award. So I think that's a good I think he's been fantastic. I don't hate the Garland pick, obviously, as he's with my second guy, too. Yeah. So, exam, we had we had the, the same players uh, pretty much. So, you know, um, somebody's going to get the award and we'll see where we where we fall into this. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to look back. We might have to at, at some point when all the awards come out, look back and right. see how and see how we actually did. Um, well, let's move on to six man of the year. I, again, had three players for this one. Uh, the first player I wanted to shout out is Cam, Cameron Johnson from the Phoenix Suns. I think he's done a fantastic job playing for them, coming off the bench there. He is a lights out shooter. I know it's kind of a sore subject for Timberwolves fans because he was drafted with the pick that the Timberwolves traded for Derek Culver, who obviously no longer <laughs> a part of the team. Um, but Cam Johnson, he's scoring like 12 and a half points off the game, shooting 42 and a half percent from three. Great. And, uh, playing good defense and doing a lot of a lot of that stuff that they really need um, off the bench in Phoenix. The second guy I have is Kevin Love, who I think has done a really good job in Cleveland. Um, just rebounding the ball, scoring, doing everything he needs to. Knocking down threes. Yep. Exactly. And then I think for me, the clear and obvious choice for the winner was Tyler Hero, a guy that's averaging 20 points off the bench. It's really interesting because I think <laughs> A lot of time, I don't remember who coined the phrase. Maybe it was like Seth Partnow or someone called the six man of the year award, the points off the bench award, but really <laughs> yes. he's scoring almost 21 points a game off the bench. Like he's almost the Miami heat's leading scorer. He's been fantastic this year, shooting 40% from three on high volume, making tough shots, um, playing in crunch time. 
He's he's been really good. So I gave the award to Tyler Hero. Well, it's really funny because we had the same three players, exact same three, and I gave the award to Tyler Hero as well. Um, he's just had an outstanding season, uh, shooting the ball, um, being available uh, this year. Yeah, um, that's another big and, thing too. Uh, and he's he's had he's had a a very good season. Um, the Heat, number one team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, so I went with Tyler Hero as well. Perfect. Let's move on to. Um, defensive player of the year, which might not be, this one's going to be interesting, I think, because it <laughs> seemed like for years, it was pretty clear cut, like who, right. And I, you could pick a pool of players and I would be like, yeah, I mean, that's a good case for any of those guys. So I'm interested to hear who is your defensive player mm-hmm. of the year. Well, I wrote down three players. Um, and my three players were Jaron Jackson Jr. He came in third for me. Um, Marcus Smart um, and Mikael Bridges. Um, so it's 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 really tough for me right now. You know, Mikael Bridges has that that Villanova that Villanova right. blood, um, and we stick together. That's the that's the brotherhood. Um, I think that he's had an outstanding season. He 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 guards the team's best player. Um, they are the number one team in the NBA. Uh, the Celtics aren't, aren't far off, um, but I ended up um, going with Mikel Bridges. Um, but I, I, de- I do think that in the long run, um, Marcus Smart's going to end up getting this, getting this award. Um, but my, my pick was Mikel Bridges. Uh, like I said, you, you know, outstanding uh, two-way player, um, plays the, the, the best player in the other team. And he's just done a, a terrific job. And I don't think the guy's ever missed an NBA game in his career. Four um, years straight playing. Four years I straight. Mean, not all 82 <laughs> games, I guess, because last year was 72 and the year before that was the COVID year. But he's never missed an, a single game in his entire career, which is crazy. That You know who else was like that coming in? I mean, Who's that? Wiggins and Cat. Carl oh, okay. Downs, I don't think Cat missed the, his first game to like his fourth year. So he okay. maybe didn't go quite as long as Bridges. Right. But I think he had three full seasons, never missing a game. Um, and it's just crazy how some guys are able to do that mm-hmm. consistently year to year. And Bridges, for sure, has been a guy that has done that. And the other two guys you named. So I'll just say mine quick, too. I had three players, the exact same three players that you did. Um, okay. But my order was I had M- Mikhail Bridges coming in third. I had Jaron okay. Jackson Jr. as my second. And then I had Marcus right. Smart winning the award. Um I thought about Robert Williams for a little bit there mm-hmm. with the Celtics also. Um, but I just didn't really know where to like how to gauge that Celtics team. Cause there's just so many really good defenders on it. Um, yeah, they're they're a I, very good defensive team. Very, yeah. very good defensive team. But I settled into Marcus smart. Um, who's also played most of the games this season. He's played in 71 of their 82 games, but that's a big case for Mikhail bridges is he's guarding the best player unless it's a center every night and he's playing every night. So he's yeah, not missing yes. any of that time. So um, like I said, great pick by you. I'm going to go smart. Jaron Jackson Jr. I think has also had a really good year um, yes. for that Memphis team. And it's been great to see him come back after being injured. But yeah, I really like what, what Marcus Smart has done this season. Um, I think he's one of the best players in the league at just navigating ball screens and getting through things that you shouldn't be able to get through. He's done a fantastic job. Mikhail Bridges is also fantastic at that too. So like I said, you give me a, there could be a pool. You could throw other guys. In <laughs> yes. Just, you could still yes. throw Rudy Gobert. In Gobert. Here. Yes, you could. you could. Like I said, Robert Williams can be in here and I'm sure there's a handful of other names you could give me. And I'd be like, yeah, Bam Adebayo is another one. Giannis Antetokounmpo Definitely. could be the defensive player of the year after what he's had to go through without like yes. Brooke Lopez playing. So there's a ton of guys. I wanted to give love to a guard, which is why I went with one of smart bridges. Um, and now thinking about it, I maybe would have bridges over Jackson jr. And maybe I would do a smart one bridges too. Um, but either way it, it, I'm excited for a guard to win it because I, I think as a, as a whole, we just overvalue rim protection and yes. I think what we've gotten to the point, at least for Timberwolves fans, understanding is that we've watched Carl Anthony Towns 
try to play defense and have no perimeter defenders around him at all. And when he was in his drop coverage, when he's got guys coming on from every angle because nobody can stop anybody, <laughs> it's really damn hard. So to have yes. a guard who can actually play some point of attack and stop penetration is huge. And I mean, when I mean, you maybe said this, I can't remember, but who was the last guard to win? Gary Payton Jr. Last guard to win? Yep. Yes, he was. Defensive player of the year. It's been it's been a while. Yeah. So <laughs> it's been a while. A guard, I think a guard needs to win it. It'll be interesting to see who does win it because I think it won't be, I think it'll be a lot of votes for a lot of different people when the ballots come out. So I'm interested to see how the vote totals fall and who actually does end up coming home with this award. Cause it is, I think it's gonna be a tight race. Yes. I, I agree with you. I think, I think a lot of these races are going to be tight. For sure. For sure. Well, we have two awards left. We got rookie of the year and we have MVP before we get into those, which will probably be more extensive conversations, we got to get one more quick ad break in, then we'll come back and talk about those two awards. Are you paying down your old credit card debt? A personal loan could be your solution. Loans usually come with fixed monthly payments, making them a simple way to help pay off your credit cards. Also, loans interest rates are typically way lower than your credit cards. So why don't you do that? Credit Karma can help you and find the best option for you. Credit Karma uses your data to find loan offers that are personalized to you so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Karma will even show you your chances of approval so you can choose between loan offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. Comparing loan offers on Credit Karma is 100% free, won't affect your credit scores, and could save you money. You ready to apply? Head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. All right, so we're actually going to stop the show where we're at for a moment. We're going to switch over to another conversation for about 15, 20 minutes. I'm talking to Johnny Avello. We talked about sports betting. He is a renowned odds maker, and he's also in the Sports Betting Hall of Fame. We're going to talk about Minnesota sports betting and the process that is happening right now, trying to legalize that in the state of Minnesota, what that will mean for people trying to wager on sports. Then we also talk a little bit about the lines for the play-in game, specifically the Timberwolves and Clippers that is happening on Tuesday. And then we just talk about how odds are kind of set and things like that. So we'll switch to that conversation. Then we'll get back talking about MVP and rookie of the year with Doug and close out the show. Thank you all. And we will be back with the show next. All right. Welcome in everybody. I am currently sitting here with Johnny Avello. I'm hoping I, I hope I said your last name, right? You got it right, Brandon. Good job. And Johnny is um, renowned odds maker, um, works for DraftKings, had a sports book there. Um, also in the uh, Gambling Hall of Fame or Sports Betting Hall of Fame. What's the official title of that? Yeah, Sports Betting Hall of Fame. Thank just you. just inducted uh, this past winter. So um, I guess, Johnny, the reason we're talking is Minnesota seems to be getting at least somewhat closer to, you know, allowing sports betting to happen in state, which is something that I feel like. I mean, I'm not that old, you know, I probably just over the limit to be able to do that, but um, I guess it's never made sense to me why it hasn't, hasn't been legal. So I guess, what do you have to say about, about that and uh, what Minnesotans can expect, what they can do um, to help that pass and, and everything like that? Well, you know, some states are slow to, uh, to adopt sports betting. Some are aggressive and I think uh, some are a wait and see. And I think Minnesota, that's what they were. But, you know, the Senate is now considering uh, legislation that could legalize sports betting in Minnesota. Um, so what I say to everyone that lives in the state, if you want to access mobile sports betting in Minnesota, you can go to letminnesotabet.com and just ask your senators to pass sports betting now. Here's what happens, Brandon, is that people are betting in Minnesota. They're just betting illegally. Right. Uh, they're going to their bookies or offshore. So if you want this, you know, the, the state to receive tax money and, uh, and people to actually get paid when they make a bet, then, you know, do, do everything I'm saying. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll have sports betting in Minnesota soon. So I guess for, for maybe the listeners that don't really understand what type of sports betting we're talking about here, 
Um, in Minnesota, you can do certain things like the daily fantasy sports and things like that. What type of betting can people expect if this motion or this bill does pass here in Minnesota? Well, to break it down granularly, you know, to something that everyone is familiar with, it's like A versus B. So that could be a that could be a baseball game. That could be a basketball game. For instance, let's talk about a basketball game that I think you you'll be pretty familiar with, and that's the Clippers playing the the Minnesota uh, Timberwolves tonight. Um, and so that's A versus B. You have the Minnesota Timberwolves, a three-point favorite over the Clippers. You can either uh, what they call lay the three, where Minnesota has to win by more than three, or take the three, where the Clippers have to lose by less than three. If it fell exactly three, we'd get your money back. But then there's so many different options on how to bet this game. There's the total point scored, 231. You can bet over or under that. We have the money line where the team wins straight up and you don't use the points at all. You can bet that. And then alternative spreads, player props, anything you could possibly think of to bet on that has to do with this particular game. And we do that for all games in basketball, all games in basketball, all games in baseball, the sports that are going now. And then of course, football, which when that takes place in another few months, uh, you know, then, then things really, you see an extensive menu. Yeah. And I think it's, um, I think there, like you said, there's so many people that, that do it already. And I think it'd be beneficial for the state to, you know, take some revenue in from that. Um, I guess let's, that Timberwolves game, if if someone was thinking about betting on that, you said the spread is, the Timberwolves are three-point favorites, so that spread is minus three for the Wolves there. Um, what goes into, like, making a spread like that? Like, what, I mean, what, sim- simplify it for us, because I'm sure the process is extensive, but what goes into determining the spread on a basketball game or a football game or a baseball game? What kind of goes into the thought process and, and what formula formulas and things are used for that? Yeah, you know, I can simplify it for you. Um, so each team is awarded a power rating, and now that power rating changes. Uh, you know, every it changes daily, um, and especially with basketball because these teams play two, three games a week. Um, and that power rating is about offensive production uh, and defensive uh, production along to go with, uh, you know, some tangibles in there and coaching and certainly injuries have something to play with it too. Uh, and then the home field advantage is the last piece that goes into it, home court in this particular case. Uh, and that's where we start with. That's how we come up with numbers. And it doesn't matter what sport it is that has a point spread. That's the way it's done. Now, baseball is done a little bit differently because the opening line is predicated on uh, – pitchers so of course the stronger the pitcher the the you know the more the price is going to be adjusted and sometimes when you have a really good pitcher going against uh, a terrible pitcher you could see a price as much as lay three dollars to win you know a dollar so mm-hmm. um baseball is a little bit different but in baseball it's more about money line than it is point spreads yeah so i guess yeah it probably does depend a lot there with with, um, you know, injuries and everything like that. And the NBA too, like you said, Definitely. they're, they're playing three, four games a week. S- speaking about the specific Timberwolves game tonight, um, you know, and the other playing games, I guess let's, let's move on to those. There's three other ones. There's another one that starts here in about 45 minutes. A lot of people probably won't be listening to this, um, before the game, some might tune in quick before others might wait until, until tomorrow to talk about it. So they can kind of check back and see if that, that three point spread for the wolves was a good better or not. And they can kind of look at that, but we also have the Cavs playing the nets today at six. Um, and then there's two games tomorrow night as well, where we have the Hornets and Hawks, the Spurs and Pelicans check in on those games. Let's talk about the Celtics net or the Cavs nets one. Uh, what's the line for that one for you guys. And, and, uh, what can fans look to, if they were going to bet on that game, tell me what, what they'd be betting for. Well, the, the nets were, uh, predicted to, you know, one of the teams to win the NBA championship this year. They were our favorite. And even when they were down around the eighth or ninth seed, they did finish with the seventh seed. Uh, when they were around the eighth, ninth seed, 
we still had him short of rods. Now, the reason their success was limited this year was Kyrie Irving wasn't able to play in any home games. But once that was lifted, uh, you, you know, they, they certainly played better at home and they finished the season pretty well. I don't think anybody's expecting the Nets to lose this game tonight. I mean, that would be a, a pretty good shocker for some Net fans and some people betting on this game. But we did open this game seven and a half, the Nets, seven and a half point favorite. We're now up to nine. So uh, the money has come in on the Nets uh, and also on the money line and Nets. I think it was 90 percent of the money was on the Nets tonight just to win this game straight up. So uh, and the, so that's the first uh, part of the doubleheader tonight, which will start here shortly. And then let's look at tomorrow. We have an Eastern Conference and a Western Conference one. We have Hawks Hornets um, on Wednesday night at six. The uh, that one's interesting. That's some really entertaining, entertaining players there. But when we're talking about you know betting on these sports, what what do we got for the the Hawks Hornets? Who's the favorite? How much are they favored by? And and that type of stuff. The Hawks are a four and a half point favorite uh, over the Hornets. The total on that game is two thirty six. Now it's total points scored beside between both teams. You can bet over or under that number. That total did open up two thirty eight and a half. So they bet it under a little. Um, the Hawks finished the season well. You know, they were uh, predicted to to have a pretty fair, fairly good campaign, which didn't start off that way, but they're playing well now. Now, even though this line has not moved much, um, moved at all, actually, the most of the money is on the Hawks. Last I looked, we had about 70% of all the money on the Hawks. Now, it is early. It's Tuesday. This game's not till tomorrow night. And, you know, probably only about 10 or 15% of the money has that's going to come in on this game has come in already. And then let's look at the Spurs Pelicans game. That's the late game tomorrow at that 8.30 PM central time. I guess I'm speaking in central time. I'm from the, the central time zone, but 8.30 PM central time uh, for the Spurs Pelicans tomorrow night. What's the line looking like there? Yeah. Uh, you know, the Pelicans had a few couple of guys that were, but uh, you know, probable for this game, possibly questionable, uh, but those guys are going to play now. Uh, so we open this game up at five and a half. That five and a half seems to be holding. That's the Pelicans, the five and a half point home favorite. Um, this is another total that dropped tonight. We opened 229 and a half. It's down to 227. Now, I said this game hasn't had much movement, but I would think that the Spurs will probably get a little bit of action here. I, I could see this thing dropping down maybe to five at some point uh, tomorrow, uh, only because because a playoff game in five and a half seems like a bit for a couple of teams that kind of played very similar this year. Yeah, for sure. So I guess my I have a question about just the process of this too, going back to how things are set, you mentioned home court advantage playing a factor in this. So say hypothetically this, this Wolves Clippers game that starts here on Tuesday night, say that's a game in LA. How much does, I mean, I know you don't have that formulated right now, but like give me a rough estimate of how much that line can shift. If it's, you know, a game in LA versus a game in Minnesota, is it five points? Is it only two points or how much can a home court advantage really factor in? And does it, and does it matter do you factor in like average attendance and like home record and things like that? How does that even work? Home record definitely has a lot to do with it. And, it can, and so this, that home field, home court advantage gets adjusted uh, every week for NBA teams, sometimes more. Um, as for Minnesota, pretty good home court advantage this year. Clippers didn't play so well on the road. Uh, the, I would say that the Wolves home court advantage in this particular spot is worth probably about three to three and a half points. So if this game was on a neutral court, probably be more of a pick em. If this game was in uh, L.A., then the Clippers would probably be the three and a half point choice here because they have played well at home. It's pretty similar to how the Wolves has played. For sure. Anything else you want to add about, I mean, just what Minnesotans could expect? And again, anything else they can do? Maybe mention again that website they can go to and uh, and help get this bill passed through the, I think it's going, it has to go through the Senate, correct? I think yes. that's what it is. So that just is anything, yeah. any last thoughts on that? 
I mean, if you want sports betting, which I think you should, it's the most entertaining thing you can do. And it's so great to be able to do it on your app and just pick your spots. If you're interested, go to letminnesotabet.com and uh, just ask your senators to pass sports betting now. Uh, those guys are considering it. And so not a better time to uh, to tell them that you want it. And hope, and DraftKings will will be there. Uh, if if it happens, we'll be there and with one of the finest products that uh, for sports betting that you can use. All right. Well, I think that's uh, all we got. So thank you, Johnny, for coming on and informing us. I know I learned a lot. I'm sure the listeners learned a lot as well. I'll be heading over to that site. Um, put my my opinion down on that one. So thank you again for coming on and, and joining us. We really appreciate You're welcome. it. Welcome. You're so welcome, Brennan. You have a fine day. All right, Doug. We are back. We just finished up our defensive player of the year talk, and we're gonna move into rookie of the year and MVP. Uh, we're gonna start with rookie of the year. I assume, I assume the MVP is the cream of the crop one you want to say for the end. Um, <laughs> so let's just go rookie of the year. This one also is interesting. I think it kind of mirrors last year's where there was a really strong case for two players yep. and maybe even throwing this year, there's another good case for maybe a third and potentially a fourth player. So I'm just really interested to see how this all shakes out. Um, I'll give out my third player who I didn't consider too much to actually win the award. And we can talk about him for a little bit. Uh, maybe he is your winner though, but the player that I put as third was Kate Cunningham. He's had a fantastic year, especially late, but I don't want to overlook the struggles that he had at the Early beginning the of the year. Yep. But with that being said, after watching this year, I think Kate Cunningham is going to be the best player out of this draft class, but I don't think he had the best season overall out of players in this draft class. So I put him third. Did he make, I don't know how many players you wrote down, but did he make your short list here and not win? Or did he sneak up and win it for you? He, he made my short list in my brain um, because I only wrote two down, but I did, I did think of Cade Cunningham. Um, but I, I thought that, you know, his, his early struggles, um, missing some games, you know, early on there. And like you said, he did finish up strong. And I think his ceiling is very high. I mean, he's very, very good player. I mean, he can shoot the ball, put the ball on the floor, distribute the ball, um, athletic, gets to the rim. Um, and he's just, he's just an all-around solid player. Um, and I had him, or I will take him as a third player. Yeah, and I, he led rookies in scoring, 17.4 points per game, five and a half rebounds, five and a half assists. Um, he started to shoot the ball better as the season At went the on. End, he struggled yes. a lot. Um, earlier so his three-point percentage is down and uh, Wolves fans can attest to Cade Cunningham's season looking at Ant's season from last year Ant's really struggled at the beginning of the year his percentages were way down and then the second half of the season he really took off and it was kind of similar with Cade Cunningham um but like I said the early season struggles were too long and then he did miss almost 20 games too for me to really consider him to be the guy, but right. he definitely deserves recognition, in my opinion, um, to be that third guy. So I guess I'm assuming your other two are Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley, like me, or did you have anybody else thrown in there? There are Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley, like you. Okay. So who did you end up settling on oh. being that winner? It was tough. Um, it was it was a really tough decision. And I, you know, I've, I've looked at some things, uh, you know, um, and I and I went with Mobley. I went with Mobley being the winner. Um, you know, Mobley just does so much uh, for that team, especially on the defensive end. I mean, he's a one man zone. <laughs> I mean, he can he can get to the shots, contest shots, rebound out of position, uh, just does so much. Um, on the inside for, for the Cavaliers. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's been very, very, it's the times I've seen him play. He's just been outstanding on the court. Um, just, he's just one of those guys that, you know, as you drive in there, it, it reminds me of someone like a KG, you know, you would drive in there. It's like, oh, I got, I got to kick the ball out. You know, this guy's going to block my shot. He's going to, he's just going to disrupt everything inside, inside the lane there. Yeah. And I was going to ask you that. Did you, I was going to ask if you did see any similarities um, with KG because KG was one of the best players to defend 
any position on the court. Right. Do you see a lot of that with Evan Mobley? Maybe not to the same extent and dominance, but just like in that capability to do that. I mean, especially at such a young age. Yeah, I think as, as he as he progresses throughout, um, you know, and, and every team starts switching now. So yeah. if you're able to switch one through five in your in your five or four or whatever, he's able to guard. He's able to guard perimeter players. It's it just helps you out so much. Yeah. And I don't want to compare him too much to, you know, one of the top five best defenders of right, all time. Right. Yes. But but I did think that, you know, and I didn't watch a lot of Minnesota Kevin Garnett just because of how young I was. Um, <laughs> but especially in Boston, you know, he's right. maybe slowed down a little bit on the perimeter, but he's still, still so dominant. Um, I just see some of those similar attributes. Obviously Mobley's not the outspoken in your face personality right. that Kevin Garnett was. I don't know if there's many people like that, but um, the way they, they play defense for sure. I could see a lot of similar similarities that way. Um, so like I said, I also have Mobley and Barnes as my top two, but I actually went with Scotty Barnes to be my, my rookie of the year winner. Um, and this was probably the one I had to think the hardest on of like, I think it's the closest, this rookie of the year race was the closest award out of all the awards we're doing today is what I'm trying to say. Um, even if you go look at their stats, they're eerily similar, similar. They're both like 15 points. They're both like Barnes is seven and a half rebounds. Mobley's eight and a half rebounds, but Barnes is three and a half assists. Mobley's two and a half assists. And they just, I, their shooting percentages are pretty similar. <laughs> it's just crazy to me. The thing I liked about Scotty Barnes season was when Scotty Barnes was drafted last year um, with the fourth overall pick, right? There was a lot of controversy and upset people because Jalen Suggs was still on the board and Barnes, at least people thought wasn't as good of player as Suggs. And they thought Suggs would fit better in Toronto as more of like a guard to put next to Van Vliet, especially when you're going to be losing Kyle Lowry. But um, it turns out, and I still have really high hopes for Jalen Suggs. Obviously it helps. He's from Minnesota and we have that connection and watch him playing in, in state tournaments and things like that. But Scotty Barnes has just been dominant. He's another player yes. that can guard all the positions on the court. His offense is leaps and bounds better than anybody expected it to be at the beginning of the year. Um, he's just been fantastic. He can rebound the ball really well. Um, you can use him like as a point guard. Um, you can use him as a power forward. And the way he moves on the court is just defensively is just kind of crazy to see. It's just interesting to me when they did draft him. I mean, Toronto is just like, give me someone that is six foot nine. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> and we'll just figure it out. Because you have Scotty Barnes, Pascal mm-hmm. Siakam, OG yep. Ananobi, Ananobi, Precious Achua. They just have a litany of guys that can move their feet and are like six foot nine or taller. Which is potentially the way basketball is going. With yes, like switchability defensively. I mean, if you could just get a bunch of guys that can guard any position. It's going to be really hard to play defense um, or play offense against a defense like that. So I think he fits into what Nick nurse is trying to do. Um, I think that's, he's been it. that's, that's, that's it. That's, that's a Nick nurse. That's a Nick nurse trait there. You know, to have those, those type of guys that can play multiple positions and do a lot of things. And as long as they're able to shoot the ball, they'll be on the court. So that's, that's, that's big. That's a big Nick nurse trait there. Right. And he's, he's not shoot the ball too well. He's 30%, but I don't think anybody expected even 30% from him coming into the season. Like I think they expected him to never shoot a three because he wasn't good enough. And 30% is not world burner by any means, but it does give a little hope that maybe he could be a 35% shooter in a year or two, which would really open up his game and, and the Raptors around him too. So I've been impressed with Scotty Barnes, obviously enough to put him, on my or as my rookie of the year winner i want to ask you about one other player that we haven't talked about there actually there's been a couple other players i want to just mention a few names that have been really good josh giddy's been a revelation he's been really cool to see how well he's played he didn't, he missed a lot of games too so that hurts his case but i don't think he really had a case anyways um chris duarte was fun for indiana at the beginning of the year 
kind of slowed that down a little bit. Franz Wagner was really good. Um, yes, he was. The season for Magic. Uh, but the guy I really want to talk about a little bit, and he probably would end up being fourth on my list, was Jalen Green uh, for the Rockets. Jalen Green really struggled at the beginning of the year, like kind of like Anthony Edwards, but I think he struggled even more than Ant did as a rookie. But Jalen Green came out these last handful of games and was just incredibly dominant, scoring the ball, shooting the ball. He was really, really good. So I guess my question <laughs> for you is, what did you like from, from Jalen Green and, and how much consideration did you put into him as a rookie of the year candidate? I, I really didn't put a lot of consideration into Jalen Green. Um, you know, Jalen Green is an outstanding athlete. Um, he can shoot the ball. He can get to the basket. Um, he can finish, finish right, left hand. Unfortunate for Jalen Green, he's on a team that is just dysfunctional. Um, they just have had one of the wildest seasons that I've ever seen. Um, you know, some of the things that have gone on in the court with uh, Porter Jr., um, you know, yeah. uh, a, a, a young coach, um, you know, a, a lot of a lot of stuff that's, you know, he's trying to figure out. I mean, you don't know really where the leadership was in that locker room. So it's, it's, it's really hard for that rookie there to, to just take off and, and to really get to, um, you know, in my opinion, where he wanted to be. Um, and, you know, you look at these other guys, they have some veteran leaders in their in their locker room and um, probably held accountable. Um, they weren't looked at to do, quote unquote, as much as, right. as he was. Um, but again, he's another one that the sky's the limit for him. Yeah. And I just want to mention mention his name because I think he had a great end of the year. In his last nine games, he scored 23 points in eight or more in eight of the last nine games. Only game he didn't, he scored eight points in. Um, but then he had a nice little like six great six game stretch, five game stretch, mm-hmm. five game stretch, scoring 30 every night. And then he scored 41 um, in the season finale for them. So, I mean, he's going to be a scorer in this league. Like oh, you yes. said, he's super athletic, um, probably one of the most athletic players in the league right out of the gates. That whole Houston team really is just incredibly yes, athletic. Yes, very athletic. Yes. Like all those young, I mean, you mentioned Kevin Porter Jr., but him, Josh Christopher, Jalen Green, um, Jay Sean Tate, they just have a ton of guys that are super athletic, um, which is kind of fun to see them. Those young guys having fun, but like they got to figure out what they're going to do with all those guys because the direction <laughs> for that team, obviously they weren't trying to win basketball games this year, right. but the direction for that team needs to be figured out relatively soon, in my opinion, so they can start building towards towards something. Um, let's move on to MVP. Let's take this a little bit different route. Do you have three names written down? I wrote two, two names. So, okay. So I'll just give my third name then. And you just tell me if he's one of your two, and then we'll talk about the two. So my third guy was Giannis. Is he one of your two guys? No, he would have been third. He would have been third. My he'd have been my third guy this year. I was keeping him off my sheet. Um, and th- not that he's not deserving. Um, but he, yeah, you, know, you, you think the other two are just a step above? I think the other two are just a step above this year. I think Giannis is, I mean, we know Giannis is Giannis. I mean, he's, yeah. you know, tremendous, plays hard every night. Um, you know, you always look and you say, I mean, this guy is coming down the, down the court full speed. He's going to run you over, dunk on you, whatever. He's um, elevated his free throw shooting. He's making, he's now he's knocking down threes, um, you know, outstanding player rebounds the ball, you know, score, um, you know, they may win the championship again this year, right. um, you know, um, but I kept him as third as well. Yeah. And I, I think those other two were a step above too. What's crazy is that we can look at these stats, 30 points, <laughs> 11 half rebounds, almost six assists per game. And we're like, third in the MVP race and by (laughs) a decent margin, he's third in the MVP race. So I think that's just to think about the the top tier talent we have in the league right now. That's just a testament to that. Um, Okay. So since we have the same third, that means I'm assuming unless something crazy happened, we have the same top two. Um, I'll say my, I'm just going to say my winner quick and then I'll have you say my, your winner. And then we'll just talk about those two and why we chose who we did. 
I know, I know so, they're totally flipped. So go ahead. You, you think they are? <laughs> I think they're totally flipped. Go ahead. Okay. I have, I'm pretty sure they are too. I have Nicole Jokic as my MVP and you mm-hmm. have. Embiid as my MVP. Okay. And we kind of talked about this. I don't know if it was on the pot or after the pot or whatever last time, but um, I kind of figured that's the way you were going. So give me the Embiid talk, <clears throat> why you think he's deserving to be our MVP. And then we will, we'll talk about Jokic. Well, I, I've, I've actually, um, and, and they're both deserving. Um, they're, in my mind, they're both deserving. I mean, you look at, you know, Joel, he, he led the league in scoring, um, you yeah. know, first center to do it since Moses Malone. Um, 11 and a half, almost 12 rebounds a game, um, four, four assists per game, one and a half blocks per game. You know, then I flip over and I look at, at Jokic and he's 27 points a game, 13 rebounds a game, almost eight assists. Rebounds. Yes, eight assists, Crazy. eight rebounds, and one and a half steals. I mean, they're both there. I just felt that with what Joe Embiid came in, and again, I realize Murray's out for Denver, but he's been out since last year. Um, right. He got hurt. He got hurt at the end of last year. Um, he came in and had to deal with this whole Ben Simmons thing. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a, a team where you you have a lot of guys who haven't who hadn't really played. Like, you know, you, you look at Maxi. He's coming in, you know, playing for the first time, and Joel just put that team on his back. And at some point in January, he was by far ahead of everyone for the MVP. And then all of a sudden in the last month, I mean, you can lose all that in a month. You know, I don't see like the, you know, the, the Sixers stayed between one and or two, two, three, and four for the, for pretty much the whole year. Um, you know, it's, I just think he's had a great season. He's led that team. Um, you know, even when James Harden came in, he continued to play. Um, I think there was a, a stretch there, but, you know, he's like one of the first in a long time to average 40, 10, and 5, um, you know, for a stretch there. So he did he did everything needed um, to lead that team and to, and to have them or to give them home court advantage uh, throughout, you know, the early parts of the playoffs here. So – I'm going to stick with my Philly guy right now and, and, and go with Joel Embiid. So I was just looking up a little bit. Embiid missed 14 games. Jokic missed eight eight games. That, that doesn't matter as much to me. What I was looking at was in the games that Jokic, Jokic missed, his team went two and six. In the games that Embiid missed, his team went uh, six and eight. So both – under 500 without him. Uh, not a huge stark difference there either. What it came down for me um, was, I think, just how dominant Jokic is in every facet of the game <laughs> offensively. Like, potentially one of, like, potentially the best passer in the league, for sure, the best big man passer, passer in the league, better rebounder. Um, and, Scoring, still scoring 27 points per game, um, shooting the ball, his field goal percentages and stuff are not his three point percentage, but his, his regular field goal percentage is really good. It was really hard decision, man. Like both of those guys are deserving of the MVP. Um, and like unquestionably, if I just hate the fact that when we go, not us, but just people in general, when they make their case for MVP, that it's like, instead of making their case for their guy, they tear down the other guy. And you didn't mm-hmm. do that at all. And I don't want to do that either uh, because both guys are deserving. So oh, what, am I to deserving. Say, what am I to come on, come on here and say, yeah, but Embiid didn't do this. So he's not the MVP. I'm going to make my case for Jokic. I think that he scores the ball with the best of them. He's the best rebounder in the league. Maybe, maybe second best rebounder in the league, whatever you want to say it um i guess rudy gobert is probably the best rebounder in the league and then he's one of the best passers in the league and his defense has been pretty solid this year so i'm gonna go with him um like you said Embiid struggled or not struggled he persevered through some tough things with ben simmons being out and all this stuff and now he's playing with a ball dominant guard (laughs) who seems disinterested if the ball's not in his hand um lately which kind of worries me for the Sixers playoff chances, but he's gone through, you know, 
just a lot of stuff this year with people not being in and out and his team completely changing all that. The Sixers and Nuggets records are pretty similar. The Sixers had three more wins than the Nuggets did. Um, so it's, I mean, it really kind of just comes down to oh, like, close. who would you see? Like, who did, I don't know. Um, and Bede made a late push for me. And he, I almost put him over, taking over that scoring title. He had some dominant stretches, dominant games at the down the stretch there. So it was so close. Um, I don't. Oh, you can't. I don't you're know. not wrong. You're not wrong. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just glad I don't have a vote, so I can't <laughs> exactly like, get destroyed um, online after it comes down. But like I said. Both dominant players, both highly deserving of the MVP. And luckily, it looks like one of them's going to win it, um, which is good. So I think it's good for the game of basketball that some big men have been winning the award lately. And it hasn't just been like a wing dominated award because for a while there it was. And people thought that uh, you can just get whatever center to kind of fill that gap and right. just, just get a bunch of dominant wings and you're going to you're going to win the championship. And it hasn't really been like that um, for the last couple of years. So like I said, I had Jokic barely over Embiid. You had Embiid. Um, yeah. They both dominant just do- 30 points per game for Embiid is just crazy. And I feel like I'm just rambling about it, but it's just insane to me to think, especially as Timberwolves fans, we look back at when, when Carl Anthony towns was, you know, can, I mean, he was considered a better player than both of them right. early in their careers. He was the number one guy you'd want to start your franchise with. Mm-hmm. That's what NBA GMs voted on that. And now they, and it's not because Cat's gotten worse. Cat's still a hell of a player, but those two have just ascended far and beyond, beyond him. So that's been interesting to see how that's kind of unfolded. And I'm sure Cat doesn't like the fact that those two are running for, for MVP. One last thing. I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if it was the Denver Post or some Denver newspaper over the weekend. They they asked a bunch of other NBA centers about Embiid and Jokic, who deserves to be the MVP, who's harder to guard, all this stuff. And Carl Anthony Towns was asked a few questions in there. Um, first off, he they asked him something about guarding Jokic and Kat's answer was to compare Jokic to Mark Gasol, which just okay. seemed a little, um, whatever to me, but then they asked, who's the MVP Jokic or Embiid? Carl Anthony towns goes out and says, well, I think I'm the MVP. <laughs> and like, I'm like, really? Like, what are your thoughts on him? Just coming out and saying he's the MVP over, over those two. When every other person <clears throat> on the list gave an answer and then Carl Anthony towns right in the middle. I think I'm the MVP. What do you have to to say? About well, I, I think he's 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 an East Coast guy, um, and he's not going to put somebody else above him. Um, it's just it's just how it is. It's just uh, he's going to put himself. That's how he feels. He wants to have that feeling. Someone else votes those other guys as MVP. That's somebody else's opinion. But in his opinion, he thinks he's the best player. And I guess we should be happy that he's confident and <laughs> yes, hopefully he, he plays up to that to how good he thinks he is. And he is dominant. So, I mean, he can play with the best of them. All right. Well, I think that's, I think that's all we got for today. Um, we don't want to take this too long, but I just want to get those awards out there. Doug and I will, we'll come back um, sometime, hopefully after this game on Tuesday night, if they play Friday, we'll hopefully try to record before Friday. Um, Cause that could be, the last game of the Timberwolves season. If they lose tonight and lose Friday, that could be the last one. Um, hope, hoping they win tonight. Then we'll good record thoughts. sometimes. Good vibes. The, good, good vibes. Good vibes. Let's good vibes here. Let's go. So <laughs> um, otherwise, if they do win tonight, I believe the playoffs start for them on Saturday. Saturday. I think Saturday. And, otherwise, sometime this coming weekend or like it'll early. It'll be Memphis week. on Saturday, I think. Yeah. So hoping for that. Um, I don't want to play Phoenix. I don't mean I don't want to play. All those teams are going to be tough, but I really don't want to play Phoenix. So um, hopefully the Wolves can win tonight, get seven seed, lock that up, go play against Memphis starting on Saturday. Otherwise, uh, I think that's all we had for to, for this show. So thank you 
Doug for coming on with your awards. Um, I thought it was a good, good conversation. I'm glad we didn't have the entire same list so we could like, just be like, Oh yeah, we agree. Move on. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see what happens when this is all, when this is all out so we can look back and see, or do, what do we really know? Right. Right. Probably. <laughs> I, I don't feel like I know much, but, um, but I think that's going to do it. This has been the believe in Timberwolves podcast presented by bet online. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke. And across from Doug West. We will be back soon. Thank you guys for listening and peace out. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.